You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. I hear you. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Wednesdays. I'm just, man, if I just get through tomorrow, I get off at three tomorrow, too. So if I just get through that, I am good to go. Oh, man, you, you'll you be just in time to uh to watch the Arsenal game. Ugh, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just stay at work. <laughs> Overtime sounds like a good idea. That doesn't sound appealing at all, watching Arsenal play. Oh. Oh, and, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're like pushing it as Arsene Wenger's last match at the Emirates. Mm. I'm sitting there, I'm like, but, you know, people don't know, they don't like going to the Emirates when it's getting warmer outside for European football. I mean, that's just not the way they do things. No. I mean, they're round the 16 or bust. Are you telling me I'm not wearing a scarf and a toboggan to a European night what? at the Emirates? What? No, Vinga must go. He is going. Oh, bloody hell! I always liked him. I don't understand why we get rid of him. He revolutionised the Premier League. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. The amount so. Of- there was some other guy who did that, too. What was his name? Oh, yeah, Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he won a hell of a lot more shit, too, didn't he? The amount of jizz that has been squirted over over uh, Arsene Wenger's retirement is, is kind of amazing, considering most of the people who are now doing this pretty much have hated him for the last five years. Or the people who have been screaming that you must fire him immediately. Well, I mean, we knew we knew this was going to happen. You know, it was one of those they were going to scream until it happened. And as soon as it happened, oh well, now we must honor him. It's like, how the hell are you going to honor him when you've been literally digging the guy's grave for him for five years? It's like, you know, honor some. Hey, it's like they say, you know, honor someone while they're alive, not when they die. Well, that's exactly what's happening to Arcee here. Arcee's just getting to watch his own funeral. It's kind of magnificent. It's kind of wonderful. This is a man who won three (sighs) Premier League titles and seven FA Cups. And that's it. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. I mean, shit, but... I mean... I mean, you, you can't take away from Wenger what he did. I mean, he came in, he basically, he came into the English game at a time when it was, you know, it was like uh, the, the English blokes play a match, then go to the pub. 
And he 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 was instrumental in changing that because he's like, wait a minute. How about instead of going and drinking, you go and, uh, I don't know, eat a good meal, recover a little bit, <laughs> don't get hammered six nights a week. Yeah, that's that's not bad. No, so I mean, I'll give him that, and I mean that, and he, he did bring somewhat of a free-flowing, you know, a passing game to the Premier League. But the thing for me is, you know, he's, you've got to count against him literally like the last decade where he refused, where he refused to, uh, he refused to evolve at all. Yeah. You know, he was the evolution, and then he very quickly became the dinosaur who wouldn't evolve after that. I mean, if 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 we just start looking at his numbers, and I say, you know, what his numbers actually were, he does have the most FA Cups titles of any Engl- of any manager in England ever. So that's great. Yeah. Here, here are people that have won more Premier League titles than won Arsene Wenger. Uh, Alex Ferguson, who has the most by far, actually he has more than double the next person. Uh, George Ramsey at Aston Villa. We all remember him of the early 1900s, late 1800s. Uh, oh, so hold on. So we're going, we're going all the way back. We're not just doing Premier League. We're doing English titles. Yes, now. top flight titles. Okay. Uh, oh. George I'm, I'm gonna like I'm gonna like this a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. George Ramsey, um, Bob Paisley, oh. uh, Tom Watson when he wasn't golfing, uh, won multiple titles with Sunderland and Liverpool. Um, Matt Busby, uh, oh. Herbert Chapman, one Kenny Dogleash, and uh, hmm. and then Stan Cullis and Bill Shankley and Josie have won as many titles. So Shanks, Shanks, uh, Shanks brought Liverpool from the second division and turned them into the powerhouse they became. So I mean, I he never he never won a year. Well, he got the one Champions League final. As of now, he's never won a European tournament. No, and I don't really care if he wins Europa. That doesn't change anything. Uh, but I mean, he got the one, you know, the thing about Mourinho was, Mourinho, the thing about Wenger was, you know, you heard about how this genius he was and how amazing he was and how he's the greatest coach on earth. He got the one Champions League final and got completely outcoached. Yeah. I mean, and then never got back. And, and it wasn't the, the only time he got outcoached in the Champions League. It's just. God, no. Yeah. It was just, that was on the biggest, that he got there once. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, he ran into a Barcelona buzzsaw. But hmm. a lot of people was. did. Yeah, that time period that was uh, that was pre Pep. Yeah, you know because you know poor Pep, I'm sure had to build Barcelona from the ground up, right? Oh no, wait, no, he didn't. Wait, wait. He inherited everywhere he's gone. He's inherited up until Man City, excuse me. Everywhere he's gone, he's inherited a team that very recently won the Champions League. Yeah. Just so damn great. Are, are you insinuating Pep cannot actually build teams, but instead just takes lavish amounts of money and and then implements his system through brute force and prays it works? All I know is I've never seen him build a team. I, I I've never seen him take Burnley to the to the title. I've never seen. Him. I've never seen him take Burnley to the top seven. There you go. He's there, Sean Dyche. <laughs> Oh man! 
Who do you start the show? I was gonna say this is basically the start because this is what we were gonna start with. Um, All right, that's fine. You just want to throw in the little quick stuff we got to go over, and then we'll go right back into it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, as you are now well aware, <laughs> this is the Foreign Fair Podcast, episode two hundred seven. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my Colin Crime, West Bradshaw. Uh, big pod today. We're starting in news and notes, and then we'll get back to match talk, and then we'll go back to news and notes later um, because something happened. Um, we, as always, are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. We are going to get on it right away, though. Uh, as you have picked up on, probably, we are talking about the somewhat mutual agreement of the parting of the ways. Between Big negative our- there. He got forced out. <laughs> it's coming out. Between- as Arson has said, one day... The time is not right now, but one day I would tell my story. <laughs> Between Arsene Wenger and Arsenal, the, the marriage is over. They they try to stay together for the kids, but it's just not happening anymore. Um, so we we have been discussing, as poor, you, you've caught. Poor, uh, poor, poor Alex Awobi. Oh, he, he's so young. He didn't deserve this. Poor yes, he, yes, he did. Um, so, so we're just kind of talking about Arsene Wenger and, and his legacy a little bit here. Um, as, as I mentioned in the pre-show, uh, did win three uh, Premier League titles, won seven FA Cups, which is good. He also won seven Community well, Shields, if that means anything. That means nothing. I'll, I'll, give, him, I'll give him credit on the FA Cups, um, especially the early on ones, because the FA Cup, when he started winning them, it meant a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, over the last few years, it's gotten to a point where it doesn't mean quite as much. But it meant a lot more when he probably won at least the first four of those. It meant a lot more. Mm-hmm. It was still a really huge competition in England back then. So, um, I mean, I know it sounds like we're piling on finger, which kind of is one of the themes of our entire podcast existence is the pile on finger. Um, but, I mean, really, I mean, he was he was a great manager. Um, I, I emphasize was a great manager. Yeah. Cool. Um, and the thing with Arsene Wenger, 22 seasons at Arsenal, if he had left after 10, there would have been no doubt about it. He was a top three all-time Premier League manager. Uh, as it stands, he's fallen down that pegging order because we have 12 more years of, I don't want to totally say futility, but I will say underachieving. Yeah, um... From from the last time he won the title uh, with uh-huh. the Invincibles in the Premier League, we should say, um, it, it just never really clicked. After that, there there were moments of greatness. There was the run to the Champions League final, but other than that, and then the FA Cup titles, that there was a lot more expected of this Arsenal team. A lot of times, I, I remember even when we were doing this podcast one time. I believe we were we were doing our Premier League predictions, and mm-hmm. you started going. You know, I I really hate to do this. I think it's Arsenal's going to win this year, and then they didn't. And and that's just that's kind of been the theme. There has been expectations that this team was going to challenge for Premier League titles. They were going to challenge for European glory, and they didn't. They never ever did. And now they've seen themselves past. Not so much by Manchester United because they were, especially with Alex Ferguson there, they were sort of a cut above. But they've been passed by City. They've been passed in a lot of ways by Chelsea. Uh, they're sort of being passed as of now by Tottenham. They're be, they've been passed by Liverpool 
in these last couple years. This is an Arsenal team that had built something new and fresh and then decided that's all we're going to do forever. And that's not how you can maintain an empire. You have to be able to move and adapt with the times. And that's, at the end of the day, as you were mentioning, that's going to be Arsene Wenger's greatest, I think, regret, is that he wasn't able to adapt to the changing of Premier League and European football. Well, the death knell really for the greatness of Wenger and Arsenal was um, when Patrick Vieira's time came to an end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing is, and Wenger continued to do this. He had a spectacular attack. You know, he had a solid defense. He had a solid goalkeeper, you know, but that attack and that, that midfield that passed, it, it was always, they always played a beautiful game. Even now, they have a great attack. But Patrick Vieira was so, he was the entire linchpin of everything Arsenal did. Mm-hmm. And okay, I understand, you know, yes, guys leave, guys get to the end of their career. That that happens. We understand that. But Arsene Wenger pretty much outright refused to replace Patrick Vieira's position. And that was the position that made Arsenal so good, that made them the Invincibles, that did all these things. Yes, it was Henri, it was Bergkamp, but Patrick Vieira was so crucial. And for the next dozen plus years, Finger just refused to get a top level kind of cover guy in midfield for his defense. The most recent we that we thought was going to be was like a granite shaka, and that failed miserably. It did, and and I believe it's because Arsenal don't know how to coach that position. And hmm. and and another thing with Wenger is, you know, for a long time there was this narrative: Hey, young players, you go to Arsenal, you'll get better. You know, Wenger will make you a great player. I mean, that's dead. Yeah. What? Who is the last? truly great player that Arsenal produced. Uh, I mean, the the best one I can come up with off the top of my head is Cesc Fabregas. And that was, that was literally nearly 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, if he hadn't gotten injured a lot, I guess you could make a case for Aaron Ramsey, but that's... But but Aaron Ramsey, I mean, we, we joke about the whole Aaron Ramsey scores and celebrities <laughs> die yeah, yeah. because... Yeah. He's so not only was he injury prone, he's so inconsistent. Yeah, you're right. And the thing is, being injury prone, that's part of it. Sure. And part of it is people look for years and go, "Well, what the hell are they doing over there where these guys keep getting hurt?" Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had plenty of wonder kids come through. Jack Wilshire, mm-hmm. uh, the Ox, Theo. I mean, just all these guys right on top of our head. I mean, these were supposed to be, you know, the next great Arsenal players, the guys who are going to lift Arsenal to the next level. You know, Aaron Ramsey. um, I mean, just so many players. And you look at those guys' careers. I mean, where are they right now? Out of that group, who's the best one? That would be Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And why? Because he's the one who got out. And went to a manager who made him better. Um. But you look at all these guys that Wenger's supposed to, oh, Arsenal will bring you through and you'll be a great player. That stopped a long time ago. Mm-hmm. 
And for Arsenal, it's always been, you know, the running joke has always been, oh, man, Arsenal need a big-time striker. All right, they signed a 17-year-old from uh, the Conga. And no one's ever heard of and we'll never hear of again. I mean, that's just, that's the thing. Wenger, Wenger had like this romantic notion where, you know, I don't have to spend money to win big because I find, I find players and I make them great. Well, yeah, he used to. You know who else had that idea? That was Klopp's idea when he came to Liverpool. But you know what Klopp figured out? He's like, yeah, I can still, you know, I can get guys and I can still make them better. But damn, I've got to get some guys who can play right now. <laughs> if I want to compete now, I've got to have guys who can play. You know, I, I, at an Arsenal, at a Liverpool, at a United, you can't. Everybody loves the idea of a youth movement, mm-hmm. but you can't throw all your you can't throw everything behind a bunch of twenty year olds. You've got to have established players, and when you've got positions of need. When you're an Arsenal who has money, you know, built the new stadium and were frugal so they would have the money, you've got to go out and, and do something with it. And the problem is Wenger waited and waited and waited and refused to spin, refused to spin. And now over the past few years, suddenly they've started dropping coin. But when you look at it, it's, it's in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's a... It's a very weak back line. So let's go buy another attacking midfielder. And that, that's been that's been kind of a joke forever about Arsenal is, um, oh, we need a central defensive mid. All right, we'll buy two attacking mids. We already have, you know, you already have four attacking mids. Well, five never hurt anybody. <laughs> and you know, by doing it, Arsenal, and I mean, they, they've done it this year. They are capable of of some brilliant performances, mm-hmm. but week in and week out, they're not good enough. And yeah, they've got some big name guys. I mean, they've got Mesut Ozil, they've got Aubameyang, they've got Mkhitaryan, they've got these guys. That's great. I mean, a couple big names don't make a team. No. I mean, you you look at, and I know I toot the horn of Liverpool nonstop. But I, y'all know me. That's just who it is. I mean, you you just – you look at what Klopp's done over the last few years as compared to what Wenger's done. And, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool finally spent really big money on a position that they knew they needed. They knew the player they wanted, and they paid for the player they wanted. And we're talking about Van Dyke there. And – that's what has been missing in Arsenal is, you know, Wenger would, I, I'll give it to Wenger. Sometimes he would identify a player, but then he would go and he would, you know, he'd undervalue, he'd try to undercut someone. And then another team would swoop in and get the player. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, well, I've gone through three of those. Damn, I've got to have a guy. Oh, shit. Okay, just, yeah, Skadron Mustafi's available. Sign him. Quick, just sign him. We'll we'll throw we'll throw more money at him than the guy we really wanted than we offered for him because they got desperate and that's happened over, really over the last five years. Arsenal have been really guilty, I think, of some desperation signings um, and and really just some glamour signings that didn't work out. I mean, I think everybody listens. Is you know my opinion of Mesut Ozil? Oh yeah. 
I mean, I think he's phenomenally talented. I think he's one of the laziest waste of money players that there is just because of how he plays. Alexis Sanchez was the best signing maybe of the last decade for Arsenal. And they wasted that one. Yeah. By surrounding him with guys that didn't play a style. You know, if you're going to sign a guy like Alexis Sanchez, build your team around him. Don't try to say, oh, well, you just have to fit into what I want to do. So no. no, then why did you sign him? You know, how managing works. That, that's not that's not how you know a a true superstar player, which he was. That's not how that works. You know, and Mourinho's having that fight right now with Pogba, mm. and we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I mean, that might not work out at the end of the day, but you know, these managers who you know, well, I, I'll buy this player. I'll spend huge money, but then I'm not going to play him the way I want him. I mean, shit, look at Klopp. Klopp turned around and sold Coutinho. Mm-hmm. Because when I looked at it, well, A, you know, well, you know, he wants to leave. And B, you know what? We'll be fine without him. We don't have to We don't have to keep him. We don't have to force him into, you know, we don't have to force him into trying to play our way. You know, we, we, we've got enough quality around. We can let him go because I believe in my players. With Arsenal, I mean, my God, they let Sanchez's contract run all the way down. Because they just they couldn't pull the trigger and let the player go and and try to build, it's it was a it's been a nightmare for Arsenal, and it's going to be a I think it's going to be a difficult transition because just what we've heard coming out of there, I mean they're gonna apparently the new manager is going to have a fifty million pound budget this summer, folks, fifty million pounds nowadays. Mm. I mean, 50 million pounds nowadays is like having a 20 million pound budget, you know, three years ago. Yeah, that's not fair. And they're that far behind everybody else, right? I mean, they are they are number six with a bullet right now. And Liverpool are going to spend. City are already spending. Yeah. Jesus, City are already doing it. United, you know United are going to spend. Whatever Mourinho's trying to say. They're going to spend. Chelsea are going to spend some money. You know, Tottenham. Tottenham are going to have to spend some money. Mm-hmm. However, they want whatever they want to think. They're going to have to spend some money. Chelsea or uh, Arsenal aren't going to spend any money. And you're going to come back next year, and you're going to have another bloated roster with a new manager, whoever it may be. Let's see what his philosophy is. But I just I think it's going to be really tough for anyone to have to fit in a Bubba Yang, Lacazette, um, uh, Ozil, mm-hmm. and Mkhitaryan, and um, Ramsey. I mean that that's not easy, no. you know. And, and I understand. Hey, trust me. Right now, I would love some more depth at Liverpool, especially in the midfield. But um, you know, those guys are not depth kind of guys. Those are all. Well, I was supposed to play every game. Mm-hmm. You brought me in here to play every game. You promised me every game. You know, it's not like James Milner who knew he was coming in to, you know, kind of be a utility guy and do what he needed to do for the team. It's not that kind of thing. Yeah, I just, I think Arsenal are in for a, uh, a rude awakening. They've been blaming Wenger, and a lot of this does go to Wenger. But a lot of it also goes to whoever the hell signed off on – you know, buying all these players, it is not going to be a quick fix. I don't think for Arsenal. I think, and this, and we can move on after this. 
the uh, the interesting thing is going to be, and I, and I like that this ties in nicely to something you were talking about with Arsenal, how how they how Arsene would very much undercut and undervalue players he wanted to sign, and then would have to go with his third or fourth option. <laughs> if 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 you're I don't know Carlo Ancelotti, you know the Arsenal job is open. But you're also pretty sure the Chelsea job is going to be open. Oh, that's no doubt going to you're be open. You're also pretty sure the PSG job is going to be open. If you're Thomas Tuchel, you know these things. If you're a top-flight manager right now, you know there's two much, much better jobs in Arsenal that are probably going to be opening up in the next month. I, I don't know where Arsenal goes. And I don't know, like, they're going to probably have to wait until those other couple of dominoes fall to really get their managerial search going. Because, quite frankly, again, those are better jobs. No matter the craziness that is Neymar right now at PSG and whatever bullshit has happened mm-hmm. there, no matter the craziness that is Roman Abramovich at Chelsea, those are better jobs. Those are absolutely better jobs right now than Arsenal. And... And so they're going to have to get probably their third or fourth choice manager, I, I would imagine. And I'm, I'm going to throw one more job potentially in there. And Ed Green, this is by no means a shot across your bow, but just kind of from comments made oh, this sure, week. sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's throw out there, let, let's just say that um, Pochettino leaves Tottenham and goes to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just throw that in just for what we're saying here. You know, then as a manager, you start looking now. Yes, you know, Arsenal have a better historical run than Tottenham. But when you're looking at it at the moment, mm-hmm. if you're choosing from North London, yeah, you know, do you go to Arsenal where, like we said, we just talked about the problems you're going to have, or you can go across North London. You can look at Tottenham. You're moving into the brand-new stadium. You're going to have that boost from the brand-new stadium. Um, assuming you keep your players, you're, you've got the best young English striker in the game. No, you've got the best English striker in the game. You've got one of the best young English uh, creators in uh, Delhi Ali. You've got one of the best creative attacking mids in Christian Eriksen. You've got a strong back line. I mean, you, you – I mean, Tottenham are a better team right now than Arsenal, without a doubt. If those two jobs come open, I think this is three years ago that people would have laughed when you said this. I think right now you've there's a chance Tottenham is a more attractive job than Arsenal. Right I don't now. disagree with that at all. And I, also yeah. think about you know we've talked about it before. It happened with Alex Ferguson, yeah. and I've always said you don't want to be the guy to follow the guy. Yeah. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy. Or in Mourinho's case, <laughs> plus LVG. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to be the guy who goes in and takes over for the legend. Yeah. And say Pochettino leaves. Now, that those are big shoes to fill at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, Pochettino did not bring a trophy. If he leaves this year, did not bring a trophy to Tottenham. Right. So it's not like you're following an all-time club legend who won you three – Premier Leagues, and seven FA Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not following that. So 
you know, for Tottenham, I think that's another thing that can make that a more attractive job is, you know, yeah, you're coming in with some expectations, but you're also not coming in following Alex Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or the greatest manager in club history. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be another one. And also throw on the fact that if you're Tottenham, you've got Champions League next year. If you're Arsenal, you still somewhat have a chance at the moment, yeah. but more than likely you don't have Champions League next year. Um, and you face kind of that uphill battle to get back into the Champions League. So, I mean, that's that's another job that if it comes open, you know, is going to be a more attractive, could be a more attractive position than Arsenal. I mean, that puts Arsenal third just in the London job race. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even talked about Palace yet. But no, um, seriously. <laughs> um, that, I, I, it's it's going to be a crazy... Obviously, there's going to be many reasons this is going to be a crazy summer. This job... And, and again, with the World Cup, that's... And, be- and the earlier closing of the transfer window. It, exactly. Exactly. Like, there's going to be, like, two weeks to make deals. This summer has, like, insanity written all over it. I am so freaking happy that they're coming in. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, God, I'm so happy that's happening. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a wild summer. You know, and, and Arsenal are, are sure going to be right there, and Arsenal are going to be under a big-time microscope mm-hmm. because, once again, I mean, we've – most most of the people who are now Premier League fans, I would venture to say we don't know a Premier League that's that has not included Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching the Premier League now since I've, I think this is like my thirteenth year of watching the Premier League. Obviously, hell, Arsene Wenger was cooking right along when I started watching. <laughs> hell, he'd already won a lot when I started watching it. So. You know, and and uh, the explosion of the Premier League, especially in the United States, and more worldwide as it's gone. I mean, we we don't know an Arsenal that's not managed by Arsene Wenger, so it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting. And you know, Arsenal, for whatever we say about them, they do have a really big worldwide fan base, mm-hmm. sure. and I believe that's a fan base that a lot of it international still on the back of Arsenal. So it is going to be it's going to be culture shock for a lot of Arsenal fans and a lot of uh, Premier League fans. Yeah, it's it's going to be bonkers, and it's it's going to be just so interesting to see what direction Arsenal goes. And I mean, just just to compare, would you like to guess who is actually now as at, once Arsenal Arsene leaves, who is going to be the longest tenured Premier League manager? Is it Sean Dyche? You're really close. He's by by about twenty days. He's actually oh. second. He's oh, wow. that was really close. It's Eddie Howe. Oh, gee. yeah, the, the the kid Eddie Howe. Yeah, the kid who who by, who by the way is the name thrown around for the Arsenal job. Yes, yes, he is. So, so Sean Dyche, it might be yours soon. Who knows? Or maybe Sean Dyche goes Arsenal. I mean, and so Arsene Wenger has been now over almost twenty two years. Eddie Howe has been at Bournemouth for about five and a half years. That's oh, yeah. um, the next. I mean, it's been such a, you know, I think gone are the days where guys are going to spend 15, 20 years at a club. Yeah. And we've talked about that in baseball and, and in sports in general. Now it's extremely rare that you're going to have the one club, the one club legends. 
you know, ha- had the chance to watch one here in the Champions League semifinal, Daniel De Rossi, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for Roma. He he's he's the last he's one of the last of a dying breed. You know, his heroes were Roy Keane and Steven Gerrard. You know, and that that's that's phasing out with the players, but also big time that's going to be phasing out with the managers because we've seen so much that it's gotten to a point where if anything goes wrong, yeah, you know, they're very quick triggers. Cl- clubs are so paranoid about the 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 mid table to bottom clubs about getting relegated and the top clubs to missing the Champions League that. You can have great runs, and if something goes wrong, well, you know, we need to make a change. And there are very few, very few Premier League managers right now that have any real, real job security. Mm-hmm. I think really quick off the top of my head, I think it's Pep Guardiola. I think it's Jurgen Klopp. I think it's Pochettino. And Mourinho, maybe. Mm-hmm. I but you throw, know, with Mourinho, I would throw I, real quick. I would throw Dyche in there because they stuck with him. I agree. After I agree, I'll throw, I'll throw Dyche in there. But you know, think it. Well, I mean, think if Burnley somehow finished like fifteenth next year. Yeah. Of course, you never know. They might hold on to him. Yeah. But I mean, real quick, yeah. If you throw Sean Dyche in there, so we're saying there's four guys with real job security. Yeah. Everybody else could be on the block at any time. So, I mean, that's that's just the way of the world now, folks. Arsene Wenger, for whatever we want to say about him on the way out, you will never see a top-flight manager stay 22 years at a club again. I'll yeah. say it. You will not see it. That's fair. And, I mean, even someone like Klopp or Guardiola, they will burn out before they ever get anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. I, I give mean, Guardiola that's, like that's three years. years. Yeah, you know, Klopp, Klopp has never Klopp has done well really at his first two stops that he stayed seven years at both. Yeah. And you know, then he moved up to Dortmund from Mainz and then left Dortmund basically after things kind of went to shit one year, left Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And and for Klopp, Klopp had basically burned himself out. And, and you know what? As as much as I'm dreading, there's gonna come a day when Klopp burns himself out at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he is. It's the way these modern managers are where, you know, Wenger up until maybe the last 10 years or so, and even Ferguson up until, you know, kind of near the end of his, they never faced the worldwide media scrutiny that you now face. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, in Manchester, Alex Ferguson had his share of critics, you know, and around the country. But now, I mean, it's so much more. I mean, I mean, you know, Alex Ferguson was going out kind of on the early part of what is now, you know, the Internet mm-hmm. um, with, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all the all the social media. Ferguson didn't really deal with it. You've seen what's happened to Wenger in social media era. Mm-hmm. He's gotten absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> And that's just the thing. You've seen it, folks. This is the la- This was the last great, long you know, twenty-year term in the English top flight. It'll never happen again. You've seen it. It's over. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's something you can ask Klopp about when we uh, we see him. No, I don't want to sadden myself when I ask that question. That's Jeez, please don't make me do that. Tears. So what are you? Please don't ever leave. <laughs> 
I'm know. serious. I think I think I will cry the day Cloth leaves. I don't blame you. I think I, I will. I don't. Cloth is. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're not getting into a whole Cloth discussion now. No. This no. is this is this is our time to bury. I mean, celebrate Arson Magnus. Yeah. We we came we come not one, to bury him, but we came to praise him. One last time. <laughs> Before he becomes the head coach of the U.S. national team. <laughs> <laughs> Just my God, if that happens, my life will have such new meaning. To <laughs> oh man, it was it was. Well, a- that's one thing. I guess we can we can kind of move it there real quick. You know, we've talked about the future. What's the future of Vinger? He has options apparently. There are options out there. Apparently, he's been offered the president role at um, PSG. I okay. I would. I I don't understand that, but okay. Sure. Well, I, he's French. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> apparently he's been apparently he's been offered like the head of like something like the Japanese FA or something. That I could see. I could see that. And of course, you know he did actually make his bones in Japan back in the day. But you know that. Well, I mean, just getting to it. That's kind of the thing. This is the end of Arsene Wenger, probably in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of Arsene Wenger. He will end up some if he so pleases. He will end up somewhere, and it will be somewhere where he's actually in in the spotlight pretty well. I just like to say that I, I have always enjoyed the, the apple apple pie, and the, and the, the baseball is is a uh, is a fantastic sport. And, and I, yeah. the, the only the only problem I think he would have in the United States is we're not exactly big puffy jacket weather. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that, him down and in that, San Antonio. Oh my! And and that is you know that is a pretty big piece of his wardrobe <laughs> is the big puffy jacket. So yeah, that might be difficult, but you know, hey, maybe if we can just get all the matches moved to Denver. There you go. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, Ving! Oh. Hey, Vinger out! New hashtag Vinger USA. <laughs> there you go. We hey we've 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 been very vocal about wanting what's best for Wenger. We wanted him to win out until the Champions League final, and he damn right almost did it. Um, all right, uh, real quick because the Premier League didn't really matter this weekend. Um, we're gonna run through some stuff. Uh, Watford drew Crystal Palace nil nil. That's great. Uh, Arsenal, hey, they're sending him off with a bang. They they beat West Ham four one. Lacazette got a brace. Remember, he still plays for Arsenal. So so that was a thing that happened. Uh, Stoke and Burnley drew 1-1. Ashley Barnes with the equalizer uh, just after the hour mark. And uh, Manchester City pounded Swansea 5-0. People scored goals that have been scoring goals all season. Um, also, I guess we have to then uh, do... Oh, wait, there was the Monday match. I forgot about the Monday match. Um, Everton beat Newcastle 1-0. Theo Wolcott in solidarity. He scored. Theo! They have Theo's team now in the 51st minute uh, to give Everton a 1-0 victory over Newcastle. Um, his, his first goal since uh, January. Great, yeah. great money spin as always. So, that's that's the story of Everton's season. Um, and then West, it's West Brom 2, Liverpool 2. Yay! Danny Ings scored yeah. though. That was good. He did. He did. Um... It was it was one of those days um, where, in true English form, the hyperbole just exploded after this match. Oh. Uh, wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait! Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up! Get ready. Are you telling me 
that this draw would have would have pushed the Liverpool fan base to the edge. Are, are with, with the Champions League on the horizon, with Danny Ings starting, are you saying that drawing on the road to West Brom would have sent Liverpool's social media into a furor? I'm going to tell you this now. Yes, Liverpool social media had their, but this was really pushed by fans of uh, rival teams, of uh, the newspapers of rival teams. I mean, I just, I don't understand how anyone could sit there and say, oh, well, there they are. There's the same old Liverpool. I actually do have something to say about how that ended, but I'm going to save it for our Champions League talk because it doesn't really matter for this game. No, no. But when when I look at the back line, instead of the four guys it's been having, when suddenly it's um, Virgil, obviously, who who had a great match. Virgil was fantastic. Um, When it's Clavin, Moreno, and Gomez. Moreno and Gomez, who basically have hardly played in the last three months. Um, and, And they get caught late twice uh on set pieces i'm i'm not losing my shit over that it's not the same old liverpool because liverpool has learned how to close out matches they've learned how to defend ask manchester city what do you put more stock in in two legs against manchester city or a one-off at the damn noon match against west brom in a match where they're obviously resting half the squad for the champions league Ask me that question again when we get to the Champions League. I will because I have my answer for the Champions League. It's not I know, a I know. It's but, it, it's a lot more nuanced than we usually are, but that's it, it is. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, I was very happy. To, I was very happy to see Danny Ings get that goal. Um, his first goal. Let's put it this way: the last time Danny Ings scored a goal for Liverpool, his manager was Brendan Rodgers. Oh boy! Yeah, it was that bad. Um, and unfortunately for Ings, literally the week that Klopp is introduced, he tears his ACL on England duty. Yeah. And then just when he's finally getting healthy again, he tears it again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is the first time Danny Ings has been healthy in like three years. <laughs> and he hasn't done bad. It's just he hasn't found the back of it. So a big goal for Danny. Um, Mo Salah, Mo Salah running down the wing. We know that's what he does now. All he does is score. Um, and he, of course, gets another one, ties the Premier League uh, record for goals in a 38-game season um, up there, I believe, with uh, Ronaldo. I believe he and Ronaldo and maybe Alan Shearer. Yeah, it's Shearer. Yeah. Or, or is it Shearer or is it um, Sheringham? I thought it was Shearer. May have been one or the other. But um, I believe if he if he scores – if he scores three in their last three matches, he'll set the actual Premier League record, mm-hmm. like, no matter what. Um, and I think if he scores four, if he scores four more, he sets the Liverpool single-season scoring record. Uh, it's uh, Sheer, Ronaldo, and Suarez. Sheer, Ronaldo, and Suarez. That was right. That was right. Of course, Suarez and 13-14. Um but, but hey, I mean, he's still got three more matches to <laughs> break that record. So, um, and the way he's been playing, I, I'm, I'm not putting that by him at all. 
but, you know, end of the day, it was disappointing at the end. Um, Liverpool could have just about completely wrapped up a top four finish with a victory. Instead, now they've still left somewhat of a lifeline for um, not so much Tottenham because Tottenham's right there with them, uh, but they have still kind of left that little door cracked open for Chelsea. Uh, but, you know, still a a um, favorable ending to the season to come for mm-hmm. Liverpool. And you have and a head-to-head. Say it again. You have a head-to-head against Chelsea too. Yes, and we do have a head-to-head against Chelsea. Um, so it's still very much Liverpool's um, top four to lose. Mm-hmm. And really right now still their third place to lose because um, Tottenham with a match in hand, with a win they would tie them on points, but Liverpool a far superior mm-hmm. goal differential at this point. So third place is Liverpool's to lose, and fourth place is Tottenham's to lose. Right, I agree. So, uh, so that's the Premier League. Uh, that's and damn that pitch. Tell him you're too damn dry. So, I will say, and, and somebody did mention this on Twitter. <laughs> there is not a more saltier loser in oh, the pre- in lose. the Premier League than than Jurgen Klopp. He that hates to lose. I, I'm, I'm reading the Jurgen Klopp. Very, very salty. And, uh, Oh man, I mean, they talk. One of the overriding themes of that book is how freaking competitive he is, and how he despises more than anything in the world to lose at anything, whether it be playing tennis or you know just running a, a sprint race against someone. Klopp hates to lose, and when he does, when Liverpool loses. I mean, you get a double barrel from Klopp. So salty. He's rough, man. He is rough. So salty. The biggest you didn't win manager ever. Um, so we're going to get to our, our, <laughs> our, our upcoming weekend of Premier League because it's a full weekend again. Uh, Liverpool right back at it, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. They're hosting Stoke at Anfield. At 10 a.m. you get Newcastle. They're, they're killing me with this damn 7.30. Damn it, these are my weekends off. That's what happens when you're popular. You get the early game. <laughs> Yes, Klopp does not like that either, but we, <laughs> we digress. Uh, 10 a.m., uh, Newcastle, West Brom, uh, Southampton, Bournemouth. That's a big match for Southampton, I guess. Uh, 10 a.m., uh, also Palace uh, versus Leicester, Burnley versus Brighton and Hove, and Huddersfield versus Everton. At 12.30, the marquee matchup of Swansea versus Chelsea. Um, on Sunday, yeah. on Sunday at 9.15, you get West Ham versus Manchester City. And then 11.30 a.m., a fairly decent matchup of United versus Arsenal. And then to round it off, it's Monday Night Football on NBC Sports. 3 p.m. Monday, Tottenham hosting Watford at Wembley. And um, all eyes on Sunday, it'll be our last Wenger Mourinho matchup. I know. Oh, I can't how, wait how, how will Josie mind? <laughs> He's just going to talk him up in the presser, in the pregame presser. The only question that matters, how will Josie mind fuck um, Arsene oh, Wenger? Man, it's going to be magnificent. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, as we look at the table, uh, Man City, they've, they've won the league. That that happened. Uh, Manchester United, they've clinched a Champions League spot. They have not clinched mm-hmm. second, but they have clinched a Champions League spot for next year. Uh, Liverpool, three points back of them. <sighs> But uh, game reverse in hand. Uh, Tottenham right now, three points back of Liverpool. Chelsea, five points back of Spurs. Arsenal, six points back 
of Chelsea and 11 points out of fourth. Uh, Burnley are four points back of Arsenal, but also have only three matches left to go. Yeah. The bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Swansea now four points clear of Southampton and Stoke, uh, who are in 18th and 19th. Stoke with just three to play, Southampton with four to play, but they are going to need a ton of points in a hurry to get back out. And uh, West Brom is still in last. They've they've put together a good fight here at the end of the season, but they're still eight points clear of safety. They're, they're, they're dead. Uh, all right, let's talk Champions League. Wes. Um, let's... There was a good game. There, there was an entertaining match, and then there was a shit match. Yeah. Um, I assume you mean the shit match was the one today. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Even though it was close, oh my god, it was terrible. Do you want to start with that terrible shitty match? Yeah, we might as well. Let's get the shit out of the way. There you go. Uh, Bayern Munich. The one, the one that should have been amazing. Yeah, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, two kings. Of Europe, there you go. Quick shot, kings of Europe. Uh, this is not G two fanatic. This is Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid, and Bayern Munich strikes first in the first leg. Uh, Josh Kimmich with the goal to start off in the twenty eighth minute, uh, but Marcelo with a howitzer from Real Madrid in the forty fourth, just before halftime, levels it at one, and then the youngster Marco Asensio, who I believe had the winner last year in the Champions League final. I uh, believe he did. Uh, yeah, not you, Ronaldo. Uh, Marco Asensio uh, gets Real Madrid a second away goal with his uh, scoring in the 57th minute. Uh, sends Madrid back to the Bernabeu with a 2-1 advantage. But Wes, as you mentioned, um, Real's going to be happy to go back with the lead. But it wasn't pretty for just about anybody. Oh, it was a really poor match. Um I mean, start with poor Bayern losing two of their superstars in the first half to injury. It's not great. I mean, that that somewhat immediately put them in a different state of mind. Losing Robin was, mm-hmm. um, you know, and really when you've got attacking talent, losing an attacker is not the end of the world. But when they lost Boateng, Boateng hurt. that changed the matchup for them. They did have the lead uh, when Boateng went out. And then, of course, uh, able to score two more. And uh, Boateng does not – it does not look very positive that he's going to be ready for next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, these two are getting the short week this time. Uh, whatever, we dealt with it last time, so they get it this time. Um, yeah. For Madrid, it was a really – Icky match. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bayern dominated this match. It seemed like they had the most opportunities. They had the best opportunities. They just couldn't put much of anything away. Lewandowski was poor in front of goal. But then, really, when you looked at, you know, Ribery had a chance to make it two nil, and they slid him a ball. He was one on one with the goal, and his and the ball just got too far under his feet, and he couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really uncharacteristic mistakes from Bayern Munich. Um, the first touches in this match were sloppy from both teams. It was just, uh, I read one, um, I I was, of course I was keeping up with it, um, you know, via a game cast Mm -hmm. and the way, uh, Sid Lowe, who's on ESPN, uh, FC as well, the way Sid Lowe put it was, you know, this looks like a Sunday league match. 
but long. you've got two of the best teams in the world. Uh, Ronaldo was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo, he had one kind of fake run in the first half. Uh, the best chance he had, he handled the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, actually scored on that one, but handled the ball, clearly handled the ball. And of course, threw a fit about it because how dare he one called on him. But, I mean, he was nearly non-existent. Uh, Marcelo wasn't anything special. He just hit one special ball. Mm-hmm. And then Asensio came on at halftime, and Asensio, I swear, if Real Madrid fuck around and lose that guy mm. because they won't play him enough, wow. Marco Asensio is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rumor, and of course we always know the Liverpool River Bill, Klopp wants Asensio bad. He's not going to get him, and he knows it. But Klopp has been after Liverpool put in a couple of bids for Asensio last summer, trying to get uh, trying to get him from Madrid. Maybe not paying attention. Marco Asensio is a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and he came on. He got a great goal. And at the end of the day, this is always the issue with Bayern. It seems like lately, they're so good in their league that by this time of the season, it's almost like they've switched off. Because, of course, I mean, they're just they're cruising to the Bundesliga. No one's giving them any competition. And it's really hard to flip on, and to flip the switch off and then turn it back on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why right now a team like, I mean, really Roma and Liverpool and Madrid and Real, I think, are doing well in the competition is because they're having to keep that they're having to keep that level up every week because all three of those teams are fighting for a Champions League spot. Um, and, you know, Liverpool are, have been able to carry their Premier League form right over into Europe. Madrid have gotten back on track and they've taken it from La Liga to Europe. Uh, Roma are right in the middle of a war for those three and four spots in Serie A, and they've kept the good play going into Europe. Uh, for Bayern, and maybe to an extent, someone like a Man City, a PSG, mm-hmm. teams that are running away with the league. Yeah, you. It's just it's human nature that you're going to have a lot. And unfortunately, this is the time of year where you can look at it and be like, "Hey, nobody's catching us in the league. We're fine." And when you've got these teams like Madrid and Liverpool who are fighting for the prize right. They're sharp. They're turned on every week. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it now in the Champions League because those are the teams that are taking their opportunities. Even when it's not perfect for them, they're the ones who are making something. And it's because those, those two right now seem to have an intensity that are just a level above everybody else. Yeah. Um, and Real today, they get the win. And, I mean, it, it would be absolutely stunning to see them go to the Bernabeu and, and lose that league. So a Munich team that I saw today, and especially if they're going to be missing Boateng and they're going to be missing Robin, just don't think they're good enough to go and do it. The only good news you might have to think for Bayern is if you look at last uh, round for Real Madrid, giving up the three at home to Juventus uh, that could have actually forced it into extra time uh, until the last minute penalty. True. Um, Very true. Bayern, Bayern does have a chance. And look, again, for as, as bad as Bayern was today and as bad as those injuries hurt, Again, Madrid was not considerably better on the day. 
Um, no. They will be at home. You're right. That That is a big advantage. And those two away goals are huge. Because um, yeah. ba- if Barron wins 1-0, that's not good enough. Um, nope. th- they're going to have to score multiple goals at the Bernabeu. It is possible. I would definitely favor yeah. Real Madrid, Madrid to go forward, but right. it wouldn't shock me at this point if uh, if, if Barron still does end up going through. But as you said, those those injuries, especially Boateng, are just going to be so massive for, for Munich to have to deal with. Um, and, hey, speaking of injuries. Oh, Jesus, God. Let's... That's what we're taking away from this. Let's go to Liverpool, Roma, and, and Wes. Let me just be the first person to congratulate you upon making the Champions League final because oh, oh there's <laughs> no way Roma Roma's going to beat a team 3-0. When does that ever happen? Um, let's get down to it. Uh, Mo Salah kept doing Mo Salah things, scoring in the 36th <laughs> and 45th minutes uh, against Roma. Uh, Sadio Mane, that terrible awful player i mean him I, I swear to god if he and deli ali ever actually get good they could actually you know be something um he scores in the 56th uh firmino then finishes it off in the 61st and 69th liverpool cruising to a 5-0 victory and then just kind of like they did against barcelona ed and Dzeko scores in the 81st to pull one back and then a uh, a james milner handball in the box uh, allows uh, Parati to score a penalty just four minutes later and get Roma to 5-2, which, as I was sort of jokingly alluding to earlier, means that a 3-0 Roma win at home in the next leg would again send them through. I I don't expect it to happen, but I, I, I saw the tweet you retweeted from, from Empire of the Cop. Empire of the Cop. Yeah. Begging, begging fans, don't panic. It's okay. It's going to be okay. You just had a great night at home in the Champions League. Just just enjoy it, please. <laughs> you won by three goals. Just take one night and fucking enjoy it. That's not how this works. God uh-huh. damn it, people. Come on. Uh, all right, we're going to get into a few things with this. But uh, my first back at the match itself, um, the first 20 minutes – First 15 minutes especially, uh, Roma were on the front foot. Mm -hmm. They were coming out. They were attacking. Um, They – we'll get to their tactics in a moment. But for that first 15 minutes, they came out. They were attacking. They were fighting Liverpool in midfield. Um, They were getting to loose balls. They were doing the little things that were going to keep you in that match. And then all of a sudden, it's like the light just came on. And suddenly, Henderson and Milner, and at that point, Jenny Vinaldum, they were getting to every ball in midfield. They were making quick, very quick passes, not giving Roma a chance to fall in on them. And then suddenly, that's where technically everything went to shit for Roma. Mm-hmm. Their manager who was widely praised after the Barcelona. Um, he, if you don't remember for that, he famously has stated many times how one morning he just couldn't sleep because he was so upset. And at 5 a.m., all of a sudden, the 3-5-3 came to him. Yeah. And he knew how to beat uh, Barcelona. And that's exactly what they did. 
They played a high line. They didn't really press. But they just they threw Barcelona so much that they got it done miraculously because he's the greatest coach ever. So let me get this right. You want to come to Anfield and play three at the back mm. and have a high defensive line and not press, and you want to attack. Hmm. And you want to do that against maybe the best counterattacking team in the world. Mm. Um, who, okay, here's, here's the thing. You want to know why the 3-5-3 three three worked against Barcelona but not against Liverpool? Tell me. Because as great a player as Messi and Suarez are, and there is no denying the greatness that is Messi and Suarez. Barcelona still play a game that they build up play from the back. Mm-hmm. It is not tiki-taka. It's not what it was under Pitt. Um, They have become a more, quote, pragmatic team. And this time their pragmatism blew up in their face. The reason Liverpool absolutely shredded that Roma high line is because Salah and Mane are two of the fastest players in the world. And guess what? Roberto Firmino ain't slow, brother. Um, Suarez nor Messi are anywhere near the flat-out speed rate that any of those three Liverpool players are. Mm-hmm. With that, and you saw it in this match, Liverpool were able, once they got their passing going from midfield, um, and also from Van Dyke and from um, uh, Andy Robertson. Once those guys started get started getting those passes over the top, Roma had no answer, obviously, for Salah. They had no answer for Mane. They had no answer for Bobby from and And that's what got them. And then for some fucking reason, that dude just stayed with that three at the back and that high line until they put five past them. And at that point, I guess he's like, well... Maybe we should try something else. But it was an time. it was an absolute tactical shambles from Roma. Yep. I mean, I, I've I've never I don't think I've ever seen a team literally play into another's hands the way they did with how they set up and how they played. Um, Liverpool do not have a superstar midfield. We know that mm-hmm. that's been a bone of contention with Liverpool fans. But what they do have is they have a guy in James Milner who, as boring as he may be to the outside world, he does actually have the world's greatest Twitter now. Um, He ran that game like a complete boss. He set guys up. He put the ball where he wanted to go, moved the Roma midfield around everywhere he wanted to go. Jordan Henderson, for all the shit that guy takes, especially from Liverpool fans, he is a freaking warrior in the middle of the midfield. And that's what he did. He kept nicking possession. He kept things moving. And Genie by now, I don't know where the hell that performance came from. That was one of the absolute best performances he's had in a red shirt. Um, the Liverpool three in midfield were dynamic. Their passing was great. It was on the money. And like I said, you you have, I'll call it, it's the best attacking trio in the world right now. And, and the numbers back it up. <laughs> um you know, obviously, if Neymar hadn't gone down, they would be statistically the second best. But once again, look at who PSG's racking up their their goals against. Mm-hmm. 
they're not scoring five. They're not scoring seven over two legs against City, though. Um, Liverpool, those three have scored nearly 90 goals between them and have, I believe, around 50 assists. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers are absolutely insane. And Roma, Roma played right into their hands. They let speed. They let them get out. They let them get those nice uh, through balls, those passes. Let them get the ball and run. At the end of the day, Roma were absolutely torn to shreds by Liverpool's attack. And, I mean, five goals... Five goals in the semifinal, in the first leg of the semifinal of the European Cup. I mean, that's it's it's nearly unheard of. That that doesn't happen. Yeah. At this point, but when you look at Liverpool, I believe have scored thirty eight goals in the Champions League this year, far and away leading the whole competition in scoring. I mean, to put it in to thought process uh i believe madrid have scored 24 maybe after today they've scored 26 goals in the champions league mm-hmm. and liverpool are a dozen more um the attack has been devastating it was devastating yesterday the last 10 minutes were horrifying <laughs> um Lovren went full Lovren. yeah that which is sometimes. never a good thing you know you know and as much shit and grief as that guy gets when Dejan Lovren is playing within himself, especially with Virgil van Dijk in there with him, you can see why Liverpool paid big money for him at the time and thought this guy's going to be a really good defender because he can be a really, really good defender. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you're always terrified of the moment when he goes full Lovren. <laughs> and, I mean, that Jekko goal should have never happened. If Lovren just stays on his feet and steps in front, I mean, Jekko could have pulled the world out of there. Get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, Lovren just pokes that ball out of the box and it starts going the other way again. But instead, Lovren tries to jump up and hit away a ball that he has no chance in the world of getting. Jekko brings it down with absolutely no one around him and just slots in a really nice goal. I mean, there was nothing, you know, people want to get on Karius. What could Karius have done about that? It was one-on-one with Ed and Jekko, and Jekko put a good shot in there. Nothing else to say on it. Uh, the second goal, the Milner handball. I didn't think it was a handball, but I will give this caveat. If it had been going the other way and that happened, I'd be screaming for a handball. Yeah. So I've got no, pro- I've got no issue with that penalty. I've got at the end of the day, I didn't agree with it, but I got no with it at the end of the day. It was too close for comfort. Um, and Roma did peg two back. And Roma now find themselves, as we said, in just about the exact same spot that they found themselves against Barcelona. Here's the difference Liverpool tore Roma apart. We're not arguing that at all. 4 mm-hmm. 1 when Barcelona beat Roma, two of those were own goals. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. Roma was Barcelona's equal just about on that night um, in, in Barcelona. They were, they were right there with them. They were never in this match with Liverpool. <clears throat> Liverpool were far and away a better team. Roma were just able to get a couple of goals late. Um, and here's, here's, the, here's the other thing. Here's my two-cent preview for going back to the uh, Stadio Olimpico. Liverpool ain't going to sit back and try to defend a three-goal lead. 
I hope. I mean, not. we saw it. Well, they're not. I mean, we saw it at. Uh, I mean, I mean, they're they're basically Liverpool are basically in the same situation they were in when they went to um, Manchester City. Yeah. Liverpool ain't going to sit back. I that's. I hope. I hope they're so. Not, they're not. Klopp. Klopp does not know how to sit back. But, but that's Klopp the thing he did. Play. He they they well, kind of did in the first half against it, City. They did for a half. But they're not going to sit there for the whole game like Barcelona did. Barcelona were just praying, just getting this 90 minutes over with. Liverpool will go and score. Liverpool can't help themselves but to go and score. I, I hope so. Um, Roma, uh, you know, Roma have uh, the record, this really nice record going right now in the Champions League. They have not given up a home goal this, this whole term in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Well... They and I know you're talking Messi, you're talking Suarez. This Liverpool attack is so much more dynamic than Barcelona's attack. It's not funny. Liverpool are gonna go, they're gonna score a goal, they'll probably score two goals. They're gonna win. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna go to Rome. I think if nothing else, it's gonna be a score and draw, which is fine with me. But, um, fully believe Liverpool are going through. The one thing, and this that's that's what I wanted to bring up. It's really? it, it happened in the West Brom match. It happened in the first half against City. Uh, it happened in the second half at home against Tottenham. It happened to an extent in the second half against City. Or I guess really in the final thirty minutes in the in the first match they beat them mm-hmm. in, in the Premier League when it was four one. And everything was great, and then City kind of took their foot off the gas, and all of a sudden Liverpool did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Liverpool yeah. took their foot off the gas, and City had a chance to tie it at the end. Yeah, that is, and and I saw somebody say it on Twitter. Liverpool are one of the most exciting teams in the world to watch when they are going one hundred and eighty thousand miles per hour, mm-hmm. but when they're not, they're not that great and that's and that's why i kept saying i hope so i hope that's what they do i hope they keep going and attacking attacking roma because if they don't i i don't know that they won't i don't think they're good i think that they could even survive a half it just like like you said like they did against city they can survive a half where they don't play that way I I just worry because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways they were I don't want to say they were fortunate against City when they when they went to the Etihad but City did get the first goal very quickly they did have more chances they had uh Bernardo Silva put one off the bar mm-hmm. where if that goes in maybe it keeps changing and then for some reason Pep got went insane and then City just fell apart <laughs> um and and that's what scares me. If 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 Roma comes, if City, or sorry, if Liverpool start the same way against Roma, and Roma comes out and scores two goals in the first twenty minutes, I don't want that to be the wake up call for Liverpool to actually start like, oh shit, no, we got to go back and score more goals. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. I and that's so that's what would worry me, and that is for the final, which I am assuming they are going to make, and you can't tell me to fuck off. <laughs> I, no, because I just said it myself. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
if if they do face Real Madrid and it is a if it's one nothing in the seventieth minute, I don't want to see them all of a sudden say, "All right, we have a goal. Let's defend for twenty minutes and win the Champions League." Because I don't think they can do it. I I don't think they'll be able to. I think they have to keep mm-hmm. going full pedal to the metal. So that is something that I don't. Th- I think they've scored enough. All the wood in the world. Well, I, I think they've scored enough to get past Roma, no matter yeah. what. But that is something that in the back of my mind, where if it's if it's the final, that's that's something that would concern me a little bit. And here's here's my mini rebuttal to that. I'm, don't get me wrong, I somewhat agree with you on that. When you look back, those matches you mentioned, where they did blow a lead late. Once again, you had three starters. You had three starters from that defense that were not in against West Brom. Mm-hmm. Um, against City, where they came back to the 4-3, that was very early in the whole Van Dyke era. Sure. Liverpool have shown much more gall in them since then, um, especially with Van Dyke and Lovren forming a, a really nice partnership. Um, and... Here's why I'm not worried about Rome is because, okay, they're three goals down. City. Mm -hmm. Much like City, they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to try to take the game to Liverpool. And what have we talked about all year? The way you beat Liverpool is to put 10 men behind the ball and stifle them. Mm -hmm. You can't do that when you've got to try to go and score three goals. Sure. Once you open up against Liverpool, that is where they are at their most deadly because, once again, they get a nick of a ball and they're flying and you can't keep up with them. And they're going to pull a goal. They're going to pull two goals. Uh, Roma are going to have to play an open game. And that plays right into Liverpool's hands. And here's the thing. City had to play an open game. Mm -hmm. Who exactly has a better attack? City or Roma? Oh, City. I mean, City by by a long shot, much better attacking than Roma, and Liverpool were able to handle City. I think Liverpool are going to be just fine. I said I believe Liverpool are going to go and win in Rome, and I'm not saying that just hopefully. I think they're going to go win in Rome because Roma, once again, Barcelona would never come out and go out. They just sat there just trying to burn that clock. Liverpool aren't going to do that because they're going to see so much space, especially get once again getting behind the fence. I mean, I, I will be shocked if Mo Salah doesn't add another goal to that Champions League total. Um, Sadio Mane has been magnificent. Um, and then the, the true MVP of Liverpool, Roberto Firmino, in the middle. I mean, those guys toyed with that Roma back line the other day. And just to throw out my classic age adage, could have been eight, could have been nine, could have easily, easily been eight or nine goals from Liverpool. I mean, Mane in the first half blazed two wide open shots where he was one-on-one. Uh, Lovren had, a, Lovren had a, a free run on a header that he ended up hitting the bar and going over. And those were just all in the first half. It could have been bam, 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 bam. 
could have been much worse. Roma were Roma were fortunate to only come out down five two in this match, and I just think you're going to see more of the same coming up in Rome uh, because I just I just don't think physically the Roma players. If if it was one nil, Roma could dirty this game down, mm-hmm. and they could try to they could do some old Italian black magic and maybe try to pull a set piece. But when you've got when you've got to go and try to score three, and that's you know, and, and three and then shut out right now the most potent attack in the world. Mm-hmm. That just. I mean, it, it's gonna. It will be a miracle in Rome for them to knock Liverpool out of this tie. Certainly, I agree. So, I we'll see. I, and when we and and if we get to, we will discuss Kiev in depth if we get there. Um, but I just think I just think right now, you know, forget those two late goals. They suck. They give you some anxiety. I don't think they're going to be an issue for Liverpool at all. I I don't think they will. I just then. What I want to see is I don't want to see Liverpool sit back and and when they when they break out of uh, when they when they throw clearance away, uh-huh. it's not just Salah going downfield against three Roma tra- yeah. guys tracking back. I, yeah, I, I want, want to see them all going forward. You so. won't, you won't see that. You you'll see Liverpool. And as I've said about eight hundred times already, I hope so. I, I hope that's what I see. I'm throwing the guarantee out there, man. Oh, oh, Jurgen Klopp cannot sit back and play that. He cannot play a real Josie Mourinho. <sighs> he can't do it. He won't do it. We'll see next week. Uh, as you mentioned, <laughs> uh, Real madrid Baron is the Tuesday match on May 1st. Uh, Roma-Liverpool on May 2nd. Winners go to Kiev on May 26th. Um... Dude, we've been talking for like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, hey, FA Cup, that happened to this weekend. Um, uh, United beat Tottenham 2-1. Sanchez and Herrera with goals after Ali opened in the 11th minute. And Chelsea beat Southampton 2-0. Giroud and Morata, their, their buys coming good in the FA Cup <laughs> semifinal. So, Chelsea United, May 19th. Josie versus his old club. Conte's last chance to dance, probably. Yeah, it should be his last match. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. It's uh, it's great. The magic of the FA Cup. Oh man, Ed. Yeah. Oh, Tottenham! What? 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 What did you do? Well, they started their backup goalkeeper for starters. Yes, don't understand that one bit. Well, I mean, I will say this. I will say this. Um, everybody praised, I believe it was Pellegrini, a couple years ago when he started uh, Willie Caballero in the League Cup final against Liverpool. That, yeah, but I mean, that was Joe Hart. <laughs> or that, that's because his number yeah. one. At, oh, excuse me. I mean, we're not exactly talking a great keeper yeah. I mean, when you've got one of the best keepers in the league, I mean, it's, to me, it just, it's, it smacks of, and I say, I mean, you're late in the season. This is the only thing you have left. Mm-hmm. You're at this point, go with your best players. 
go with your best players. Oh, it just it drove me crazy. I, I mean, me crazy. to be fair, they actually did go with their best players besides that. Or I well, think about as good as they could have done. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Harry Kane had a shocker. He's he stunk it up the other day. He didn't have a good match at all. I don't. Um, I don't. I think he's. I think he rushed it back. I. I. Yeah. yeah I don't think he's. He's not hundred percent. Yeah. Um. I. Um. I, I, I wasn't thrilled with them. I believe they started. For Son. Sorry. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Son didn't start the match. Did he? Son no, yes, he did. Hung me. He did. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking he didn't. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. Tottenham just. Right now, with Harry Kane not being a hundred percent. They're kind of living on the brilliance of Jackson mm-hmm. and the occasional pop-up of Dele Alli. Mm-hmm. And, it, oh, it's just so disappointing. I mean, because that, that's the thing. That, that to me, that almost was the mm-hmm. And then for Tottenham, you had it at home. You had them at your place. <sighs> Would it have been better? Now, here's the weird thing, because we've, we've talked now about how Kane – doesn't really look healthy. You can't not start him though, just because we just talked about it with Hugo Lloris. You yeah, can't not start him, but, but it might have been I, better. But I mean, Lloris's wasn't because he was injured. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Kane's not one hundred percent. To me, I would have almost rather seen twenty five minutes of Harry Kane at the end of that match mm-hmm. when you're, you know, you you've got a tiring United back line. Oh God, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, instead of trying to push him for 90 minutes. Oh, man. Um, one thing I want to point out, Davinson Sanchez has all the makings to be a really, really high-caliber mm. uh, central defender. I think in three or four years, if he, if he gets to where he should be, based on his talent, mm-hmm. in three to four years, we'll just look back and be, yeah, you know that was just, that was just a young center back. Mm-hmm. You know, look at it; he's he's figured it out now. He does; he won't do that anymore. Davinson, he he can do some really good things. He he's kind of like a much higher ceiling Lovren at this point. Yeah, he will do really well. And then it's just like, what the fuck are you thinking? He looks really good in a back three. Yeah, uh, especially when he was paired with uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Yeah, he's not as good in a back four. No, and that that not. is the issue. So he, he's sort of also learning that on the fly right now. He is. He is. And that and that's why I don't. Yeah. I'm not trying. I've heard people killing the kid, kill him at all. No. Like I said, I, I think in three or four years we're going to look back and be. Like, I agree. That was the day he learned some lessons. Mm-hmm. And he had to learn those lessons. Um, but he he was he was pretty poor in the match. Um, and just for Tottenham. I don't know. I had to disagree with you on Twitter about uh, a comment you made about, well, you know, if we then the expectations grow, they're supposed to. No, I don't. I don't. I don't mean that. That was sort of taken out of uh, out of context a little bit. Okay. It's not okay. that they shouldn't grow. It's that the look would be well. You won the FA Cup. That's cute. You should win a trophy. It's not. Oh, damn! Spurs won the FA Cup. Oh, oh shit! Oh god! 
the the roof is the ceiling. I think, as, as we said on Tobacco Road last year, the floor year. is lava. I don't know what. <laughs> um, it, it's oh god, watch out for Tottenham. Monkeys off their back. They're they're going to start winning everything in sight. They they did it. I don't see that happening. I I think it's just oh. Oh, you won! You won the FA Cup. Well, oh, that's that's adorable. That's that's cute. Well, and see, I somewhat disagree with you on that because I believe for Tottenham it would be a moment like that. We're not talking about Arsene Wenger shitting the bed all season, you know, fucking up in Europe, doing all the Arsene Wenger things he does, and then oh, but we won the FA Cup, so everything's okay. No, that's it. Was different when Wenger was with him. It's it's a little different when, you know, Mourinho's winning at United. Um, and that's because those guys have titles under their belts. Their clubs have titles. And they're just, they expect, they're expecting the challenge for the Premier League and the Champions League. Tottenham still just feel like they need, they need that trophy. Because it's one of those things, man. And, you know, the great Liverpool teams said this. Once you win one, man, suddenly you've got the confidence to start winning more. I mean, shit, look at Mourinho. As much as we hate Mourinho. I mean, they're back for another one. I mean, is, was that their goal this year was to, to finish second and win the FA Cup? No. But at the end of the year, they still turn around. They won a trophy. Now, for United, it doesn't mean that much. But for Tottenham, a team that hasn't won a trophy, less than one trophy was it? 80-something? Uh, no. Last time we won a trophy at all? Yeah. Uh, oh, Maybe nine. Oh, no. Oh, no. What'd you... Oh, League Cup? Yeah, we won League Cup. Was that... Okay, 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 okay. Um, but, I mean, this is not a club that has just this huge laden... I'm sorry, excuse me. I was thinking Everton, who hasn't won a trophy. There you go. Ah, that's funny. Um, I know you didn't I actually think... mean to do that, but that's cute. No, I, I like it. Yeah. Um, but just for Pochettino himself, a guy, a manager who it's like he's right on the cusp of doing something big. That first, that first trophy has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Mourinho, look at Mourinho the first time when he was at Chelsea, they won the League Cup, and he said the League Cup is that was the one that um, that pushed everything forward. You know, they won the League Cup. They had a taste for a trophy. Hey, now they can win the league. Now they can win the FA Cup. Now they can get deep in the Champions All these things, it kind of builds. And I just, uh, I, I'm not even going to say that Pochettino sandbagged it because I don't, I really don't think he did. Mm-hmm. But it's just Spurs need, even if it's the League Cup, even if it's the FA Cup, <clears throat> even if it's the International Champions Cup, just kidding. <laughs> um that I just I believe if they can get that first trophy with that group of guys, mm-hmm. it can springboard them to some really big things. And I thought this was a magnificent opportunity for them to get it. Um, you know, City was out, the field was falling out, you were in the semifinals, you had them at home. And I just I just thought Spurs I didn't think they played anywhere near the best they could play. And I just, I don't feel that it was all United. I just, I just didn't feel like Spurs were totally mentally there on the day when I think they should have been. 
Because I mean, really, I mean, at this point, what are you playing for? I mean, yes, you're. Yeah. But I mean, hey, we're you know we we've given Arsene Wenger shit about that for years. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't play for a damn fourth place trophy. When you've got a chance, when you're deep in a competition, when you've got a chance for a trophy, I just I just think that's got to be the biggest thing on your mind at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm just I'm disappointed. I I don't know. It's weird. Like it just it to me personally, it didn't really hurt that bad. Like I I can understand from a player perspective. Yeah. Like, like to, like to get close again in the semifinal, the, that feeling of, of not going all the way. I can understand that. Uh, I, I thought the loss to Juventus was much worse. Um, well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, especially the way that one happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and this one happened in a similar way. Yeah. Tottenham goes up one, nothing in the first half and then they get pegged back for two. That it's, it's the same thing. But I just I, I think you make the round of eight because let's let's think about where they were when the season started. This was a team that gets drawn into the quote unquote group of death. A mm-hmm. lot of people didn't even have them getting out of the group. They win the group, mm-hmm. and then they start the uh, round of sixteen against Juventus. They're down two nil in the first ten minutes, and it's well okay that's it. And then with an with a half hour to play, they're up three two. And that's and and if they can make the round of eight, and then it's well, who knows what the hell happens from there? But this was well, you know, we gave a good effort and we lost to a team that's ahead of us in the table. I mean, it's United's a better team. I know we like to they they play very weirdly a lot of the time. United is a better team. They don't like I said they don't show it a lot. Because Mourinho's kind of insane, but I think in a lot of ways, United is a better team. It's really I. I just feel this was a missed opportunity. I just I feel it's a missed opportunity. Well, every time you make a semifinal yeah. and you don't win, it's a missed yeah. opportunity. And now, unfortunately for Tottenham, they've kind of, they've kind of got this. Thing going now, I think that's what eight straight semifinals that they've gotten to that they've lost. Yeah, it's just it's just about getting over that hump, man. And if you really want to take the next step to be a top tier team, you you got to find a way over that hump. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as Raj and Davo said, we've retired that so Spursy, but it every now and then it just kind of pops up. Yeah, and. and Go ahead, and that and that's what bothers me is is, is when people like to say that because yeah. because there there have been steps taken like the 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 comeback at Juventus that I mentioned, uh, beating Real three one at Wembley earlier this season, um, the the game against Liverpool mm-hmm. where they they came oh. back where the craziness oh. that was involved there, um, going to Stamford Bridge with Harry Kane injured and only playing mm-hmm. the last twenty minutes. And winning three one after going a goal down, you mm-hmm. know we we you talk about, and I know the FA Cup they were it was technically a neutral game, but mm-hmm. we we talked about Wembley before the season and how oh god, you know how, how are Spurs going to cope with this? This is this has been a house of horrors for them, and they've been fine. It's it's yeah. been yeah. fine, and I 
so I don't I don't think that there's like this mental block. I think people use that too much to to kind of ignore a lot of the other things that Tottenham actually does struggle with. Like you and I talked about the like Davinson Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Davinson Sanchez has been a a a not great part of this season in their losses. To the and I'll just wrap it up real with this. I think if the Tottenham team from last year mm-hmm. had the mindset they do this year, I think they probably win the FA Cup. Because I think last year's Tottenham team was a little better than this, this year's, mm-hmm. especially defensively. But they had some bigger issues men- mentally, I think. But this year, I think they've figured it out in a lot of ways. But they're just not as good. And, you know, Toby Oliverell didn't play. Because he's yeah, he's been hurt and he's gone probably. Um, yeah, I mean he was on the he was on the eighteen. He was he was on the bench and he didn't yeah. start. So, I, I I think if last year's team played again through this season and had come to this game, I think they win. And this and then I would actually have been taking it really hard. I because I think that team should have and really should have beaten United this year. They're just they're they they took a minor they regressed just a little bit not a ton and some players have gotten better I think Erickson has been better this year but well uh, Delhi Delhi's step back Delhi's had yeah. kind of a soft slump this year yeah and um and you know I that's that's kind of where I am and that's that's where a lot of this comes from is they, they, yes they 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 do need to win a title eventually. And this was a good chance, but I don't. They, they didn't lose to Southampton. Like if they had lost to Southampton, I'd have been yeah, like, been the "Fuck person. this team! They're a bunch of no good, dirty so and sos." And it's like, no, that, they lost to United, and that's what it is. So, uh, I'll throw one more just quick little go for it. thought of mine out there. Ah, We've seen it now. Last year, it wasn't quite as pronounced, but you're seeing it some this year. We've seen it in the past. Um, you said you said you thought last year's team was actually better, and I somewhat agree with you. I think last year, Pochettino, for the first time, really, I thought he um, he rotated his squad pretty well last year. Well, and I think part of that is he had a healthier team last year. He did. And, and I think that's something else that this year and something we've seen in the past, Tottenham have had the late season fade. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when we look at the last three, four weeks, that it's hitting them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they've hit a little wall. Now, City, I mean, City's fantastic. We know City's fantastic. Um, but United City, I mean, they, they just – they seem like they've been fading. And I think that's something – Pochettino is obviously going to continue to play the style he plays. Mm-hmm. Klopp had to learn this. Well, I've had to learn the hard way a year ago where we basically clawed, scratched, and drug ourselves over the finish line. Where this year you look at where we are in the season and Liverpool are as strong as any team in the world right now. Um, Klopp went out and reinforced. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I think, you know, we, we talked about it last year. We didn't think that Tottenham needed really, other than replacing Kyle Walker, you didn't really need another starting 11 player. Mm-hmm. But we thought Tottenham needed to go out. They still needed to reinforce. And I just think they missed a little bit of an opportunity with that. 
I don't think they went out and reinforced quite enough. And that's something that this coming summer, be it Pochettino back, be it if something does happen and he leaves and you have a new manager, I, I really think this is a really important summer for Tottenham because, once again, you're not out there looking a ton of guys to walk into the starting eleven. They just they need more depth. They need more. They need more quality depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that could really help them. I mean, and, and that's you know that shows when injuries come into play. I mean, my God, look at Liverpool right now. We didn't mention it earlier. We're literally down to three senior midfielders, mm-hmm. and we play a three-man midfield. <laughs> uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Well. You know, we'll get to that. He's done for the year. Um, you know, right now Liverpool could use another. I'm really glad we got Oxley Chamberlain the last day of the damn transfer window. You remember how excited I was about that? Just because, fuck it, it's a body. We need a body yeah. out there. Um, and I just, I think that's where Tottenham are maybe just lacking some. Is a, maybe a couple extra bodies? Yeah, could have helped turn some things around. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I think having extended injuries to Aldevereld uh, mm-hmm. and Wanyama and uh, yeah. uh, uh, Lamella and Danny Rose, even though you know everything kind of weird happened with him, still just not having him for large chunks of the season. Harry Winks has been hurt a lot, so yeah. like having and, and, and Harry Kane, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so having all those injuries and you know then having. Not that too many people haven't been able to step up well, but like Lorente yeah. hasn't really been in, so it's been have Son having to be sort of the striker. Um, uh-huh. Ben Davies is very good, but he's not great against pace, which is what right. United was able to bring. So that's right. that's where you miss a guy like Danny Rose. Um, so yeah, if, if they can find those those just those few other pieces, I agree with you. Just mm-hmm. a few extra pieces to add in there. And I think a lot of this gets fixed along with Sanchez taking that next step next year. Right. I think a lot of this gets fixed pretty easily, but they just have to go and do it. So. Well, and it's going to be interesting now because, like you said, Toby Alderweireld has pretty much got one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Rose is another one, I think, just to keep an eye on. You know, he's he's had big-time flirtations, especially with Man oh, yeah. United. Mm-hmm. Um So you could be looking for some first team or, or starting 11 guys. You could be looking for one or two of those guys. Mm-hmm. And moving into the new stadium, you know, you had some Champions League money. You know, you did well in that competition. Um, I think I just I think it's a really important summer that Tottenham's going to need to – and I understand, you know, Tottenham aren't going after the 90 million pound players, mm-hmm. which for them they might not need to. But Tottenham has got to be willing to spend some money this summer and go out and really reinforce this squad if they want to be able to push to that next step, which could be an FA Cup, which could be a title charge in the Premier League, Mm -hmm. um, which could be pushing past that quarterfinal and potentially getting to the semifinal of the Champions League. You've got to to keep improving that squad. I mean, mean, you look at – Look, you know, look at right now. Probably, under you know, the top three teams in England, City. You know, they're going to improve. Mm-hmm. They're going to go spend money. United are going to spend money. Liverpool are going to put money into that team this year. Um, Tottenham, Tottenham need to guarantee themselves that they 
at least keep their position and then try to kick off. They've got to go out and they've got to improve. But, Agreed. So, anyway, I think that's enough Tottenham talk. Oh, my God. Um, okay, real quick through news and notes because that's that's all our matches. Uh, we're, we're, we're skipping over all this week. Nothing nothing really good happened anyway. So Awesome. That's, that's what you like to hear. Yeah. Um, Okay, news and notes. Uh, Premier League uh, is not going to use VAR next year. They're going to keep testing it in the two cups. Uh, yeah. Great, because you fucking need to, because right now it's terrible. So yeah, can't get it right anyway. So. It's, it's needed, but it needs to also be really good. Uh, Leroy Sané won Young Player of the Year. Somehow Harry Kane finished second because he's still I, up for the year. I, I will say real quick, though, I was pleased to see that happen. Just on the basis of how the hell can you be 25 and be considered a young player anymore? I, <laughs> that's, I, I, a, that's the thing. They need to literally change the criteria of the award because a 25-year-old is a fucking seasoned veteran. I was actually thinking about this going into work the other day. Here was here was my criteria I came up with in, in a 30-second in a span. Uh, 23 or younger, you have to uh-huh. play uh, – 38 matches or, or less than 38 matches going into that season. I can get with that. I mean, it's almost like rookie of the year. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yes. Yes. And, and he, you know, I mean, yes. and, and I mean, even the age criteria wouldn't be such a big deal because in the Premier League, you know, you're, you are what you are. I mean, those are the young guys coming in, but there, there's no re I don't, I don't think you should be the, uh, young player of the year three or four times. No, no. And Hazard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you really want to make that mean more, yeah, do it like that because I think that's a better way to recognize more great young players. And, and personally, Leroy Sané, that is the poster child of, yes. you know, a guy who should be the play, the PFA young player of the year. Uh, totally, 100% agree. Uh, the only reason I threw an age is because you don't want, like – I don't know who's who's really good in another, in another league. Just random. Uh, Antoine Griezmann. You don't want Antoine yeah. Griezmann coming in and and winning Young Player of the Year. Like you're a known commodity. We knew who you were. Yeah, exactly. So that that's that's why that's in there. Uh, Mo Salah won uh, Player of the Year over Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, Pep's mad. Fuck off. Don't care. You're gonna win the title. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's been a really interesting argument. All comes down, and you know, this is an argument. Sports all the time. You know, is it here's my deal. In in the United States in baseball, it's the MVP. Mm-hmm. It's not player of the year, it's the MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> Value versus player of the year. Yeah. You know, you can get to that argument, but for me, I mean, I think I mean I think De Bruyne was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus God, I mean, the top five was like three city players. Mm-hmm. How can you really be the player of the year if you're fighting with your teammate, two other teammates, to be the player of the year? I, I thought it was funny. I, I saw they, they threw up a statistic of like top assists in the, uh, in the Premier League. I think this might uh-huh. have been a week or two ago, so I don't know if it's still accurate. But it was like Christian Eriksen was in fourth, uh-huh. and then it's three city guys above him. Like, yeah. oh, okay, so you're you're the best non-city assist guy. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, and then I mean, when you just want to get down to to me, Mo Salah, when you I mean, when you do goals and assists, I mean he more than doubles he more than doubles De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I really think De Bruyne got so much play in this because in September and October, we decided De Bruyne was the best player in the league. And I think a lot of people just wanted to stick with that narrative because really, I mean, to me, De Bruyne, De Bruyne never slipped. Mm-hmm. But Salah took over. Right. That was the thing. De Bruyne, it was easy for De Bruyne because De Bruyne was by far with the best players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Salah who, I mean, God, you, you know, hardly anybody in our midfield is starting at Man City. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then you've got a guy who's come in and he's tied and will most likely set the Premier League record for goals in a season. I mean, that's just that's player of the year kind of shit. When you're setting when you're setting basically the big player of the year kind of shit. Hey, best team in the league. You, you know what? They did the PFA 11 best 11 city dominated. Absolutely. They should have dominated it. They were by far the best team in the league. But, you know, if you just want to come down to it, I mean, to me, I think I think at the end of the day, Solid just had more impact because he was the guy who was scoring the goals that has Liverpool in third, has Liverpool in the semifinals of the Champions League. I mean, I had no problem with it. Of course, my guy won, but I still I had I had zero problem. I would have been okay with either I just one. Don't see a huge argument. Yeah, I mean, if De Bruyne had won, I would have been like, Psh, whatever. But I wouldn't have been like, oh my god, this is a travesty. Yeah. <clears throat> and right. Pep and some of the CP were trying to make it out like this is a travesty. This isn't even close. No, no, you can't say that this year. In other years, maybe this year with what Mo Salah's accomplished. No. Nah. You disagreeing with Pep? I never thought I'd hear the day. Um, <laughs> Me. Yeah, you. Uh, also, in bad Liverpool news, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Alexander Clay Chamberlain went down with an injury against Roma. He will miss the rest of the season, including the World Cup. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, you're next for England. You know what this does mean, though, Ed? What? We might get to see the Ox in Charlotte. Oh, hey. Rehab. The Ox. Rehab. Get, come get some barbecue and re and rehab. Oh, that's here. right. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice preseason. He should be good to go. Hopefully, there you go. Uh, and then finally, even, even though with that, they, they haven't actually said what the injury was. Uh, so me, I'm wondering if something's torn. I'm wondering if something's severely sprained. Let's see. Because I'm gonna say at this point of the year, a severe sprain could mess you up for the World Cup because it's so close. Uh, sustained knee ligament damage. Okay. No, no. They haven't said ACL. I, I would almost guess PCL, maybe MCL, something like that. We'll, they, we'll see. Yeah, they said uh, they haven't specified the full extent of the injury, but they have confirmed that he will that his domestic and international campaigns yeah. are over. So. And of course, Ed, going back to our days as the all new sports show, we never mm. ever guess on injuries. Hell no. There you we go. never speculate on injuries. Yeah, that's, that's not our style. Uh, lastly, for those of you who are getting excited about the World Cup, hey, good to know this. Uh, Fox has announced their broadcasting teams for the World Cup, and and the fact that uh, eight of the twelve commentators are Americans, so that's that's Ooh. that's great. We don't have to hear from Eric Winolda. That's that's actually great. Um, but unfortunately, uh, a lot of them are going to be in studio 
calling matches, um, which is kind of brutal. So, so that's well. One. My my deal, my deal is I just want to hear it, and if I can tell you're in the studio and you suck, then I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. If I don't if I don't think about it for the entire broadcast, I don't wonder where they are. Now I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. You can do it from do it from a fucking bathroom. I don't like care. What I don't understand is this is your first World Cup, your first men's World Cup, I should say. You did a, the Women's World Cup in 15. You should be putting your best foot forward. And you're already mm-hmm. sending your studio show to Russia. Like, uh, Rob Stone and the guys will be in Russia. So exactly. I, I don't understand why you're not sending the vast majority of your talent then over there. Except, unless it's because Fox has had to cut back because they lost a bunch of money from the U.S. not making it. Fuck the NFL. Um, <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, there's we we don't that. have to. <laughs> yeah, it's always that. Um, and just to confirm, we don't have to listen to. Um, oh God, what's his name? Gujo. Who? Gus Johnson. Yeah, we don't have to listen to him anymore, no. do we? No. Okay, just making sure. I haven't watched a lot of soccer on Fox. So. How how does Kobe Jones strike your fancy? As long as Brad Friedel's over there, I'll be uh, Friedel will not be involved. Jesus Christ, man. See, yeah. now, I, don't, I don't really understand why they're not. And uh, they are taking, obviously. Wait, uh, Fr- no, Friedel, Friedel's not going because uh, he just became the head coach of the New England Revolution. Okay, okay, that's fine. I can understand that. Hey, and, you know, and, I mean, I, I, and Donovan's playing in Mexico, so you're not going to get him either, so that's a plus. Donovan's a bitch anyway. I don't care about Donovan. You're going to get goose heating. It's um, actually not terrible. I want, damn it, you need more international there. Yeah. You need to go get Ian Dark and Martin Tyler. <laughs> and Arlo. That, you really just need Arlo. Yeah. Whole thing. Uh, it's Fox, man. You know, the Simpsons have been making fun of Fox for 25 years. We'll just keep, we'll just keep right on with it. Hey, the Simpsons are dead, so we're taking it in their stead. Um, speaking of speaking of dead shows, uh, let's hit the watch for Wes. What are you watching in the week that was of the week that will be? Um, I watched this week. I, I've I've been working a lot this week. I haven't had a ton of time to watch. I've been trying to catch up on my Chicago Fire. Mm. Um, that's kind of jumped the shark a little bit, but I'm still okay. Still fine at the moment. Um, Ed, guess what is on my DVR as of right this second? Guess what's in my lending links queue as of right this second? Could it be Danger Island? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, so excited. Archer is back. Guess what, guess what else is bad tonight? What? Ratmire. Oh, yeah, I saw the commercials for that. Ratmire is back. Um, they've had the first episode up on week, but I refused to watch it because I just wanted to record it and watch it at my own. So, uh, Ratmire and Archer are both bad. Those Two epic shows, so uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, I did finish The Punisher. I can't remember if I told you that or not. I finished Punisher. It was fantastic. Good, good to know. So I, I, I do, I do uh, hey, recommend. There's, there's that Avengers movie coming out this Friday. There, that's go watch that. That'll be fun. Might be a couple of people go check that out. You think? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Avengers coming out this week. Me, yeah, you heard it here first. Yes, I am planning. I got Dr. Spoiler Friday morning in Greenville at 
9.15, and after that, I'm going to watch The Avengers in the middle of the damn night. I might actually find a way to watch Black Panther tomorrow night and then try to watch uh, Avengers at some point this weekend or Friday night. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so that's going to do it for the watch four. So raw was so bad this week. So that's okay. Um, the only thing we're going to throw out Saudi Arabia show this Friday, it'll be starting at noon Eastern time on the, uh, on the network, uh, the biggest Royal rumble ever. 50, I don't know what that was. A uh, 50 man. <laughs> you burped at the beginning. Shut up. Uh, that's what I think of raw this week. <laughs> A 50-man Royal Rumble, and I think seven title matches. So uh, I'm going to try to check that out. Uh, I actually saw a commercial for it the other day on the, one of the TVs at work, and uh, I thought it was weird that they didn't provide a date and time for when this was going to be happening. I was like, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Friday at noon Eastern. Oh. 50 men, one cage. <laughs> no cages. Well, the only cage will be Roman and Wait, but they showed a cage in the promo. Oh, I'm so... Yes, Roman and Brock's going to be in the cage. Oh, okay, okay, that that makes sense. All right, because we because we're all down to see Roman and Brock just one more time. Despite all our rage, we're getting Roman and Brock in a cage. Uh, he said yeah. it best. Billy Corgan was truly ahead of his time, um, and we're out of time here on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode two hundred seven. Um, one more time, big thanks to NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. They're on Twitter. We're on Twitter at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw21. I'm at Edward Green. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash the all new sports show. You can also email us at that address, all new sports show at gmail.com. Thanks to all our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher Speaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. We'll be back next week. Episode 208. We might do it live. Yeah, sure. I'll be at Raleigh. There you go. We'll do it live. We'll do it. Yeah, it'll be... I'm sure nothing will go wrong. So it'll be great. No, we're we're going to get ready to go to Kiev. There you go. Awesome. There you go. That's going yes. to be... It's going to be fine, folks. It's going to be fine. We'll, um, be, we'll, be, we'll be booking our uh, transport to uh, to the Ukraine live on the show. I will be I will be obviously stealing... I mean, borrowing one of the Bar Association's credit cards to book everything. So it'll be... It's only twenty five hundred bucks each. Hey, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, we'll be talking obviously Champions League. Uh, we'll be talking this weekend Premier League. Other stuff will pop up. I'm sure that we'll talk about, uh, and maybe we'll even talk about Infinity War if we both watch it. Uh, so, Wes, before we leave, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um. Yeah, the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. God, Mookie Betts is great. Even though uh, we, we lost three straight and are still the best team in baseball, but we came back and won tonight, so life's good again. Yeah, Mookie Betts is – he's all right. Well, uh, much better to be a Red Sox fan than an Orioles fan. Not even not even close right now. Um, so, for McCollin Cry and Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Mookie. So much joining us on the Affordable Podcast. My boy, podcast. Mookie. Episode 207, Joey Whammy. You have a standing invitation, too. Yeah, we may be. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the football and baseball. Good night, Munich. You deserve better. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio.
Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.